Welcome to Britt David Podcast, as Pastor Tim brings us a message today entitled Questioning Jesus' Authority, from Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 19. We would never think about questioning Jesus' authority, not out loud, but the religious leaders of his day did. They did it because his authority threatened theirs, and they were not willing to either lose their authority or bow down to his. We may not say it out loud, but we have a tendency to resist his authority over us too. Yield to him. That which is for his glory is for your good. Here's Pastor Tim. Thank you, Kathy. I would invite you to take your Bible and turn with me tonight to Luke chapter number 20. Back in the summertime, we suspended our verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Luke uh, so that we could get through, you know, that study through every book in the Bible uh, last year. And so I want us to pick up where we left off, and that's what we'll do on these Sunday nights. So let me let you get caught up just a little bit. Most of the... um, Most of the gospel is, both of Luke and of each one of them, um, focus in on that final week, what's referred to as the Passion Week of Christ. So the Passion Week really, in Luke's gospel, begins in the 19th chapter. In that chapter, we get to see the triumphal entry as Jesus makes his way into Jerusalem, announcing himself as Messiah at that point, and uh, what a great day, you know, that was with everybody uh, throwing down the palm leaves and their own cloaks and and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. Uh, But then that's followed up by a week that doesn't, (laughs) does not fit what you see on Sundays, like a lot of people's weeks, isn't it? What, uh, What happens during the week doesn't necessarily reflect how it was on Sunday. So Monday, Jesus, you know, after, after that triumphal entry, Jesus goes and stays in Bethany and comes back into Jerusalem each day. And so he goes into Jerusalem on Monday and finds the money changers and gets upset and cleanses the temple, tips over those tables and gives them a little bit of admonition and leaves again. Comes back then on Tuesday, which is where we pick up in chapter number 20, and immediately goes right back into the temple. You would think that that would be the place now that he would stay away from, but it's exactly where he goes. And the Bible says that he goes there to teach people. And it's in that midst of that teaching that we find our episode of today. Luke chapter number 20 is really a a chapter about questions. But they're not questions for discovery. They're not questions about inquiry. You know, it's not, these are not questions that the religious leaders are asking Jesus because they want to know something or they want to learn. We find that these are questions about challenge. These are, these are questions about who do you think you are kinds of questions. And you find that the chapter is filled with those, and that's really where we begin tonight in a question about Jesus' authority. That's what they're doing in this opening passage. Questioning Jesus' authority. We understand authority. There are a number of us who, who have jobs where you may be in authority over others, where you have been the boss, and what you say goes, right? That's not always the way bosses work, but 
in theory anyway, right? We understand authority. We understand that we also are under authority. We've known that since we were children. We were under our parents' authority. We're under teachers' authority. We're under uh, employers' authorities. There's all kinds of authority that takes place. But when we come to think about Jesus and his authority, his is different than anybody else's. Our authority, we begin to talk about permission and power and privilege that the authority that we have and the positions that, we in, that we're in gives us that kind of privilege. Jesus, however, is different. And I think, the, I think one of those passages that you look at that really begins to sum that up is when Jesus gives the Great Commission at the end of Matthew. And he says to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There's nobody else like that. There's no one else that could make that claim and no one else that could say, all authority has been given to me. It's a statement not only of his sovereignty, but it's a statement of his absolute sovereignty. Now, he's already demonstrated it for them. He's, he's shown them in his actions. He's taught them by, by his words that he does indeed have authority. In fact, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the people are amazed and they say, we've never heard anyone teach like this. He speaks as one who has authority, right? He speaks like that. They were, they were used to, you know, a preacher getting up and, and, and quoting from the Bible or, or quoting another source or, or revealing another expert in an area. Jesus didn't do any of that. Jesus simply spoke out of his own heart and out of his own life. He spoke as one who had authority. In fact, in, in Matthew's gospel, it goes on to say that he had authority to forgive sins. That was, that was unheard of. In fact, it was one of the reasons why they charged him with blasphemy. Who, who can say that they can forgive sins? Only God can do that. And that was Jesus' point. Jesus showed them that he had authority over demons, that he had authority over diseases, that he had authority over sicknesses, that he had authority over others that were around him. He had the authority to give life. He had the authority over death and life. He had the authority to judge others. What we find time and again is Jesus both describing and demonstrating the absolute authority that he had over them. Maybe this will help make it make a little bit more sense. There are two words in your New Testament <clears throat> that are typically translated as authority. One is the word dunamis. More often than not, it's not translated as authority, it's translated as power. It's the same word that we get dynamite from. But sometimes it's used in connection with authority, and it's used to describe an authority that has the power or the ability to do something. <clears throat> in other words, Jesus is able to say, I have authority to raise the dead. Well, anybody could say that, right? They could say, I have the authority to raise the dead, but then can they actually do that? Jesus is able to say, I have the authority over life and death. He said, I lay down my life, I will take it up again. 
In fact, he says, I have the authority to take it back up again. But he shows he has the ability to do that by raising Lazarus, by raising the little girl, by raising these, these others and bringing them back to life. He demonstrates that he has authority that is described as power. There's a second word. It's not just, and it's the word that you find here in this particular passage. In fact, we'll read it three different times tonight. It's used three different times here in Luke chapter number 20. It's exousia. It's not the ability to do something. It is the right to do something. It's a description of the right to do it. He says, he has all power and all right to do whatever it is that he wants to do. And I guess if we, could, if, if, uh, if, if we use these words, we could say he has power and he has permission. Have you ever noticed in the Bible, Jesus never asked permission to do anything. He never asked permission of the religious leaders. He never asked permission even of his parents. He didn't ask permission of anybody. Why? He didn't have to. All authority is his. The authority that has the power and the authority that has the right. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, with whomever he wants to do it. He can do those things. And yet he submits himself fully to the will of the Father. To the point that he says, I only speak those things that I hear the Father saying. I only do those things that I see the Father doing. He yielded himself in that way, but not to any human authority whatsoever. So it really becomes so important, especially in this passage, is that he doesn't have to ask the religious leaders for permission. He doesn't have to ask them if it's okay if he turns over the tables. He doesn't have to ask them if the very next day, if he can come into the temple and begin to teach them truth. He simply does that. He has the right to do it. We see that he has the ability to do it too. In fact, go ahead and look there with me. Let's look in Luke chapter number 20. We'll walk through this story just a little bit together. Verse number 1. Now it happened on one of those days, and one of those days is Tuesday, by the way, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel. All right, so why does, he even, why does Luke even word it like that? Why doesn't he just come out and say, on Tuesday, <laughs> Jesus was in the temple, he was teaching the people. Why does he come out and say, it happened on one of those days as he did this? Because he did it often. This is not, this is not changing Jesus' pattern. He doesn't, he doesn't come to this point of the cross and then say, well, I guess it's my time I start teaching in the temple. He's already been teaching in the temple. He's already been teaching them over and over and over again. So it happened on one of those days, this one just happens to be that Tuesday, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel that the chief priest and the scribes, together with the elders, confronted him and spoke to him saying, tell us, by what authority, there's your word, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you this authority? 
And remember, the word that he's using for authority here is the word for the right to do something. Tell us, what right do you have to stand here and teach? Who has given you the right to come and stand? In other words, did you go through our protocols? Did you, did you file for a permit with our office? Has the, has the high priest given you an okay to stand out here and teach people? Jesus isn't subject to that high priest. He's not subject to any of them. He's not asking them for permission. He has authority. By the way, don't miss this one little tidbit. In verse number 2, when they're asking him the questions and they say, Or who is he who gave you this authority? Now Jesus said in that passage at the end of Matthew, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Who gave Jesus his authority? The Father did, right? If these people had any inkling whatsoever about what they were talking about, then in your Bible, it wouldn't have a lowercase he, it would have an uppercase he. They don't have the foggiest clue that his authority comes from God. They are looking for human permission to do. This puts us in a little bit of a quandary, doesn't it? Because there are times when you know what you should do. You know what you should do to obey the Lord. And yet the systems that we live in, they say no. Let me see if I can think of an example. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe when we try to go through the channels of parks and recreation. <laughs> the man says no. But God says yes. So what do we do? Well, i tell you what we do. We just say we're going to do it. You know, come on. You know, whatever you got to do, then you do. But we have to do this. It's, it's Peter standing before those, those, uh, those civil leaders when they say, don't preach Jesus anymore. They say, whether it seems right to you or not, we must do this. There comes a point to where you must Obey the Lord. No matter what human channels even say. I, I, I am not advocating some kind of lawlessness. I'm not. If you can go through those channels, go through those channels. But when they are at odds with the will of God, you have to choose. Do you obey or do you not? Jesus has decided what he's going to do, and he does. So if we're walking through the story, let me give you these four points, I guess, as outline. Number one, what we've just read is they defied him. It says that they confronted him. Now, who is the they? The they are the chief priest and the scribes together with the, with the elders, 
the together doesn't just mean that they all came in one group. It means that they have conspired together. And you'll get to see this in just a moment in those next few words when they begin to reason together within themselves. They've conspired against him to defy him. Why? I mean, yes, the day before he turned over the tables and he ran off all the money changers. Uh, you know, I, I can see how that's a problem with them. But why confront him? Why defy him the way that they have and to suggest that he does not have the right, he does not have the authority to be where he is doing what he's doing? Because Jesus has offended them. Why do you find defiance to Christianity, Christian morals, mission of the church within the world? Because Christ has offended them. They've, he's offended these folks by letting them know that they are not the absolute sovereign. That they're not in absolute authority. That there is someone that even the religious leaders have to answer to. And that's him. So they defied him. Alright, let me give you a second point. <laughs> he denied them. He just denied them. Straight up. They asked him this question. Tell us. Tell us. By what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I will also ask you one thing and answer me. That already tells me that he has authority, right? That he knows he has authority. I'm not going to answer your question yet. You answer my question. He says, you answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? All right? If Jesus poses that question to those religious leaders, then let's pose that question to you. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it from men? This is not a hard question, is it? It's not, it's not a hard question. It's not a hard question having the New Testament unfold it for us. It's not even a hard question having simply the Old Testament to go by. We know that the baptism of John is something that God himself ordained and continues to ordain baptism in that same way today. So we already know it's not a hard question, especially for those who are the chief priest the scribes, the elders. I mean, someone should have just spurted it out. But that's not what they did. When Jesus denied to answer them, look at verse number 5. And they reasoned among themselves. The verb means they began to reason, or they began to discuss it among themselves. They're talking about this. They're, they're going through the, the logic. I mean, Jesus hadn't just asked them a question. Basically, he's given them a multiple choice. It's either A or B. It's true or false, right? I mean, it, this, is not, this is not a hard one. So he gives them this choice. So instead of saying, you know, here's the answer, they begin to say, well, if we say A, then this is what's going to happen. And if we say B, then this is what's going to happen. 
Now what are we going to do? Let's keep reading. They reasoned among themselves. They began to reason among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, wonder why they chose that answer first. Because that's the right answer. If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. And the was is correct, isn't it? By this point, John the Baptist has already been beheaded. They believe that John the, John the Baptist was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. Where what was from? The baptism of John. What is he really talking about? He's talking about the same thing that they are talking about. He's talking about authority. Where does the authority for John the Baptist to be baptizing, where did he get it from? Did he get it from heaven, from God? Did he get it from man? Somebody either ordained him to do that or he just picked it up himself. The issue is still authority. Where does he get this from? So they answered that they did not know where it was from. I don't know where this authority comes from, but they do, don't they? Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Jesus knows even his own question is not about baptism, not about the physical act, it's about the authority. It's about the right and it's about the power to do those things. When they have questioned him about his authority, and not just questioning him, but defying him that he has it. He simply denies to tell them, this is from God. Sometimes you wonder, don't you? Why, why, why wouldn't he just, why would he just come out and answer them? Why would he just say, you stinking, rotten, religious heathen. It's from heaven, you ought to know better. Right? And then just go back and start teaching the people. What's going to follow is one of Jesus' parables. And the Bible says that Jesus often talked in parables for two reasons. One, so that those who have no heart that's right towards God will not understand what he's talking about. But those to whom the Spirit of God is working can make that connection between the fable story and the truth. And so he tells them a story. We invite you to join us here on Brit David Podcast for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Questioning Jesus' Authority, from Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 19. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.